You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello and welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. This is episode number nine, original air date, December 12th, 2019. This week we're continuing the topic of small ship cruising, but moving over to Europe with this week's episode on the fastest growing segment of the cruise industry, river cruising. On this show, we'll explain the difference between river cruising and ocean cruising. And if you have done both, you definitely know. If not, you'll learn how very different they are and why this may be the perfect type of vacation for you, especially for those people that are not comfortable with ocean cruising. And it's not just for old people. No, we went. I know, exactly. (laughs) But before we get into that, we want to share two different cruises that we have planned and that we are inviting you to join us. The first one is a cruise out of Port Tampa Bay, our favorite port and airport to fly into and to cruise out of. And not just because we live here. This is true. We absolutely love it. And this is on the Royal Caribbean Brilliance of the Sea. So join us on April 27th. And this is a really unique cruise out of Tampa. And keep in mind, we are going, so you'll be coming with us. Yes. And this will actually cruise from Tampa to Key West and all the way over to the Bahamas to the private island that Royal Caribbean recently renovated and is calling the Perfect Day at Coco Cay Cruise Stop. And we're calling our cruise from Tampa Bay to Coco Cay. This is going to be really great because usually when you cruise out of Tampa, you only go to the Western Caribbean, which is going to be Grand Cayman or Cozumel. So we're really excited to do something new and different out of Tampa. The pricing is pretty good. It starts at $615 per person plus tax, and that's the current pricing. It could change at any time. So we encourage you to lock in. It can and will change. It will. And so you'll want to lock in your price and your cabin, and it is $100 deposit per person. The next cruise we'd like to invite you along to join us is a -a once-in-a-lifetime cruise. We're calling it the Three Sisters Cruise, and it's with a line called Azamara Cruises. There are only three ships in the fleet, and for the first time next October, for one night only, All three ships will be in port together for an amazing evening in the town of Koper, Slovenia. This medieval hilltop town will shut down on October 8th specifically for the Azamara guests and cruisers for an evening of music, food, and dancing. From what I understand, they're going to red carpet the town and it's going to be amazing. And then the very next night, all three ships are going to head over to Venice, Italy. If you'd like more information about either of those, send me a quick email. Rob at TravelTalkWeekly.com. Now let's get on with the show. River cruising is one of the hottest trends in the entire travel industry, and specifically in Europe. Long before roads were built, rivers were the main highways throughout the continent, and they are still in use today. 10 to 12 years ago, when we first started in the travel industry, river cruising was in its infancy, and no one really knew much about it. It was like, am I going to be on a barge? Yeah, the only thing we knew about (laughs) is we read about it in a brochure. Yeah, I didn't know anybody that had ever taken a river cruise, but one thing changed it all. And actually one word. One word and one company. One company, and that is Viking. And you would have to be completely unplugged to not have heard about Viking river cruises. They actually started advertising on PBS during the very popular show, Downton Abbey. And they would be like on the front end or the back end. And before you knew it, everybody was like, oh, 
If you want to go on a river cruise, you go with Viking. And that was just what everybody knew river cruising for. And they were so successful on PBS that now you probably see them on every major network and all the cable networks as well. But what you may not realize is that there are actually a number of river cruise companies. So just like the regular ocean cruises, there are a lot of different options when it comes to cruising on the rivers, whether it's Europe or over in the Far East. Each brand is a little bit different and has some different amenities. Yeah, and different number of people that they put on their ships. That is true. If you've been on a regular ocean cruise, you may be wondering, well, what's different? And most people have. The majority of the public has been on an ocean cruise. But there are definitely some huge differences, and I wouldn't even put them in the same category other than you're sailing on water. Other than the word cruise. Exactly. (laughs) So let's start with smaller crowds. Most river cruise ships hold 200 people or less. They are much smaller and intimate, like our small ship cruise on our last show. You really get to know both the passengers and the crew. One of the big ones is if you suffer from maybe getting a little seasick or motion sickness, you're not going to get that on a river cruise. And some people are prone to that. Yeah, because you're on a river and the rivers are pretty, um, I would say they're pretty much like glass. There's not a whole lot of big waves going down those rivers for sure. Iceberg right ahead. That's not going to (laughs) happen. But it does make a big difference though. And it is very, very smooth sailing. It's also completely immersive. So not only do you visit a different city each day, sometimes you'll visit more than one. You may get off the ship in one city for an excursion. And while you're gone, your ship moves to another city. Which is kind of cool. If you I think love about that it. part. Yeah, it's a good way to see a lot of Europe. Another big difference is that you definitely get more immersed in the local culture. And by this, I mean the chef, for example, on board, let's say that you're in a certain region of France, they will go to those local markets and they will source ingredients for dinner. And that's what they use to cook the dinner that night. So it's very, very localized. Or let's say that you're up in Beaujolais, France, the wines that are served with dinner that night are from that region. So it's a good way to really experience the culture. And it truly is they got that that day and brought it on board. Same thing with the entertainment. They'll have local entertainment that joins you. And it's all localized. So again, when it comes to river cruising, it's totally immersive. And what we mean by that, it's it's the food, it's the culture, it's the architecture. I loved exploring on the cruise we went on, even though we were in France, a lot of the buildings were Roman. Some of the bridges were Roman because that was part of the Roman Empire. And so just learning the history and culture and architecture, enjoying the fabulous food. I remember we did a truffle hunt. So there's just so much more to do. It's a lot more immersive. There's... And because it is a lot more immersive, getting ready to go on a river cruise can be a little bit different because you do want to read up on the countries that you're going to be going to, because more often than not, you're going to visit more than one. And each of the different stops is going to be known for something in history. I mean, they put these itineraries together so that you can see a whole variety of things. But prepping for a river cruise is definitely a little bit different. Like most trips, when it comes to packing, it depends on the time of year and obviously where you're going. A thing to keep in mind is that most river cruise cabins are smaller than the ones on ocean ships. That means make the best use of space and pack lightly using packing cubes and clothes that you can use more than once. I know that we have some clothes that um, by a company called Ex Officio. They sponsored our TV show back in the day. And we can rinse those out in the sink like a lot of people do. Or send them to laundry. Or we can do that. (laughs) That's usually a little bit better. (laughs) Hang it and they're dry the next day. 
not really fashion forward, but still, it's, yeah, I it's choose, functional. Yeah, I choose if I need to, if I don't want to pack a lot of clothes, they do have laundry services on board. And so that's an even better way to do it. When you are packing though for a river cruise, keep in mind that you will be sailing down the river. So at night you may go up on the top deck and you want to just kind of enjoy a cocktail, hang out there. You're going to want to have some sort of like layers. And so like a light jacket or something that you can just have up there to keep you warm. And some of the newer ships, actually most of the newer cruise ships that are being built now have hot tubs on the top deck. Yeah, so something to plan for. So just make sure you understand what is on your cruise ship before you go and pack accordingly, but try to pack light. Do like a lot of mix and match outfits so that you're not packing like seven pairs of pants, but you can pack a a few and then just mix and match with um, different items in your wardrobe. Right. So think Garanimals, where you just match up the different animals and (laughs) that's how you know if the clothes go together. Yeah, that will totally work. When it comes to shoes, this is really important because the surfaces are not always even. Again, these are ancient cities and you want to make sure your shoes are comfortable. Don't think I just got these brand new shoes. I'm going to try them out on this cruise. I would not do that. Make sure that your shoes are broken in and comfortable. And also have multiple pairs. You don't want to keep wearing the same pair, you know, day after day. Well, and a lot of times when you when you get off the ship and you are at the dock, you literally are just at like some random dock. And they'll have like a little teeny tiny platform to get you from the ship to the dock. And that dock is really old. Some of the docks where we used to keep our boat are bigger than some of the docks that you see. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Because you are on a river cruise. You're just going to be right on that river. You're going to be pulling up. So um, when it comes to getting on and off the ship, the more comfortable you are in your shoes, the better. I may or may not have worn the wrong pair of shoes. Just I was trying to look cute. Because you're the queen of high heels. Well, and I love my high heels. But we were we were just going out for like just to grab some drinks one night off the ship. And I was like, oh, I'll just wear my cute shoes. And yeah, the surfaces are so nice. I think even smooth. some people are saying, you're wearing high heels? You're <laughs> and like, this is our first river cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, and all we were doing was just going to stop by a local restaurant. We weren't even going on an excursion. That is correct. But it still was a little bit of a challenge. The best way to give you a feel of the river cruise experience is to share our experience. So one of the river cruises that we went on in Europe was up the Rhone River in southern France, and we went with Ama Waterways. And this was the only river cruise we actually did in Europe. The other one we did was in South America. So this cruise line is often mispronounced. I have a lot of people call it AMA Waterways, but it is pronounced Ama Waterways. We personally know the founders and owners, Rudy and Christine, and Rudy was a true pioneer in the river cruise concept, and many companies owe their success to him. In fact, he designed one of the very first river cruise ships, a design that is used by their competitor today. Yeah, and they call it the long ships because the ships are extra, extra long because when going through the rivers, they have to go through locks. So they can only be so wide. And so that's why... And so long. And so (laughs) long, actually. And so it was, how do we maximize that space? And the founder of Alma Waterways, that was definitely one of the things that he perfected and then decided to open up their own cruise line using some of the innovative things that he's done. And they have actually come out with some even more and more innovative things in the past couple of years. They are amazing. And we don't have time in this episode to go over every detail of our cruise with them. But here are a few of the highlights to give you an idea of how the days are filled. Like any cruise, we always recommend you arrive early. But when you're doing a river cruise, you may want to arrive even two to three days before. And most of the time you can do a pre-cruise package, which includes tours of that local area. We chose to just arrive one day before we flew into Barcelona. And that was the first time for both of us into Barcelona. Yeah, neither of us had ever been to Spain. So that was pretty neat. And we went ahead and what was kind of fun was we checked into the Ama Waterways host hotel and 
And we're actually greeted by our cruise director, which is very different than when you go on an ocean cruise. You don't see your cruise director till you are on the ship. But ours was there to greet us. Some people were going on tours. We decided to do stuff on our own. So we got there a day early and pretty much just got checked in and then just explored Barcelona wherever we could walk. Started walking down Las Ramblas, just kind of getting used to it, you know, grabbing an appetizer here or there. But also we went to a very famous cathedral. La Sagrada Familia, which has been under construction for over 100 years. Probably still is. It probably still is, yes. (laughs) And again, first time to Barcelona, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, so it's definitely worth it when you do a river cruise. I would say don't even fly in the day before. Do a couple days before just to be able to enjoy that area. And also, sometimes you have a little jet lag, so you want to try to get out of that as soon as possible. get used to the time zone, exactly. You don't want to, yeah. We just flew in just time-wise. That's all we could do at that time. So the next day, we met other people on our cruise. And we all took a motor coach to France and sailed away from the city of Arles in southern France. Now, Arles is famous for being the place where Vincent van Gogh stayed in a sanitarium, which we toured. And this city was also where he got the inspiration for his famous painting, Starry Nights. Lots of history in just the first city that we were going to be at. Now, the unique thing was, is that while we all met up on the ship, because there was another bus coming from, um, I think it was Marseille. Yeah. Some people had flown into there. And once you get checked in, all they do is they have a meet and greet that first night. However, we never even, on our cruise, we never left the dock that night. So we were able to go- That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we were able to go back into town later that night after dinner and just kind of enjoy being right in the heart of Arles. And then the next morning, we got up and we did some tours. And it wasn't until that afternoon that we actually left the dock. So that was something that was very different. Now, some river cruises, they will leave that night but they're not as locked into a schedule like an ocean liner cruise is. We then sailed north up the Rhone River through the Provence region and had various stops throughout the week and to some really iconic historical sites. I remember seeing the Pont du Gard, very famous bridge, Avignon. Lots and lots of different stops that, and there was a really good variety too. For the most part, this is what the schedule was like on the river cruise. You would get up, you would have a tour starting usually like 8 or 8.30. So they were a little more on the earlier side. So you'd have breakfast. Have an early breakfast. And then you'd go on your tour. Sometimes that tour would end and you would either rejoin the ship or you would just go back to the ship and the ship was going to move. But for the most part, your morning has some sort of a tour. And then sometimes in the afternoon, you may have a second tour. And in some cases, there were some days where there were three tours available. Or you did maybe a tour or two and at night still had time to explore the town. One of the things I really enjoy about a river cruise is that your tours are included. For the most part, all of them are included. There were options, yeah. There were some options if you wanted to do some additional add-ons. But the biggest difference is, is you don't have to like pay extra for all of these different tours. So if you're looking for your overall budget, keep that in mind when pricing it out. It's like, oh, our tours are included. Yeah, so you look at the schedule and say, do you want tour A or tour B, depending on what you wanted to do? And they're a good variety too. For the most part, there's definitely going to always be the historical sites, the UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Those are always an option, but there were some things that were a little bit different. So One of them was just going shopping in one of the markets. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I remember that. And there was a wine and chocolate tour where they taught you how to taste the different wines and how to match them to the right chocolates. There was a cooking class. There was one where they were like making bread one night. We did a ghost tour one night. Huge variety. So it wasn't like every single stop was we're going to go to this heritage site and be done. It was a good variety. And there were even some that were more more active. So on our ship, 
there were some bikes and you could take one of the bikes out and either just take it on your own excursion for a while and come back. On some river cruises, they even have where you take the bike off and they're assisted pedaling. So the e-bikes. Yeah, the e-bikes. And you actually will, in the morning, you take the bike, you go up a path, and then you meet the ship at, at another port. And so you're actually... Hopefully, are, depending on yeah, how fast you <laughs> And so there are definitely a lot of options for all different ages. Everything is not necessarily, like I mentioned, just these historical sites. Now, there are a lot of those because in Europe, there's a lot of old places and a lot of people go there because they want to see and experience that history. If you could break it down into two categories, I would say food and culture would be the two main. Then there's obviously categories, you know, the wine and cheese. I remember we did the truffle hunt. I I really enjoyed, to me, I, I always loved the architecture and seeing just how really advanced, you know, these places were hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. I mean, the, the Pont du Gard was built in the the days of the Roman Empire. Yeah, and it, was and still, it still stands. still stands and still works. Yes. <laughs> And of course, if you are in Europe, you're going to, if you're a wine lover, you are going to have lots of opportunities to go to different vineyards. Our cruise happened to end up in Beaujolais. So we went just a little past Lyon, hit that Beaujolais region. We hit it hard. And that was like one of my favorites because it was fun to do the different samplings and just see how different the wine was from the southern part of France to where it was, where we ended up, which was a little more of the central. And actually learn what makes it different. And how to just taste the differences. So it's if you're a wine lover, a river cruise in Europe is the ideal vacation. Yeah, it is great. Our cruise ended at the gastronomic capital of France, Lyon. We also had a really nice cooking course. Yeah, so and that was something that was unique, though. So we get off the ship, and we even on our last day where we're getting off the ship, ready to take a flight the next day, we had a tour that morning, and that was that was actually really cool. I enjoyed that. It was fun, and of course, the cooking class had wine involved with it. Of course, it's we are in France. Hello. And then we took a train to Paris and just stayed overnight one night before heading back to the good old US of A. And some people did a post-cruise stay where they stayed another three nights in Paris. Just talking about it makes me want to go back. So I think we should start working <laughs> I on, like that idea. Let's start working on a European river cruise for next year. Now, one of the things that's really unique about AMA is that they have actually developed a partnership with Disney. So it wasn't just us who thought it was a great idea to sail with AMA. Alma Waterways, Disney also knows that it's a great cruise line to sail with. When you take a European river cruise with Adventures by Disney, it's on this cruise line. That alone should speak to the quality of the product right there. And especially if you're traveling with a family and you want to have a connecting stateroom, that's not normal on the cruise ships. But with Alma Waterways, they have made sure that they can accommodate some of the requests that Disney has. So that's something that's really, really unique. Yeah, if Disney chooses to do business with you, that's a big deal. There are some rivers that are more popular than others. Yes, and there's some that you always think of. The one that we went on is not the one that most people think of, which is the one from southern France up the Rhone. That one is very unique, but it's great for wine lovers, that's for sure. Most of the river cruises are focused in Central Europe, and one of the most popular rivers is the Danube. Some of the countries you'll experience there are Germany, Austria, and Hungary. That one's a very, very popular, and the unique thing about the Danube some of the ships that you can go on, especially with Alma Waterways, are the bigger ships. And so they're a little bit wider. And because so they can... don't have to go through the lock system exactly. like we did on the Rhone. Another very popular river to cruise on in Europe, the Rhine River. Primarily France, Germany, the Netherlands, and Switzerland. This one is a very scenic cruise for sure. And 
again, probably the second most popular when you think of river cruises. Got the Danube and you got the Rhine. As we mentioned, we sailed on the Rhone, another very popular river that's in southern France. When you're trying to decide on a cruise, most of the time it's pick what countries you want to visit first. So start there, pick the destination that will help dictate which cruise river that you should be on. And then from there, you can decide, do I want to do a specialty cruise or do I want to just go a certain time of the year? So for example, if you are going to the southern France like we did, you may want to go when it's the harvest season for all the lavender. Because when we went, the lavender fields were more on still the growing stage. And so while we could see these beautiful fields, they weren't like all purple <laughs> because the, the lavender was still growing. So, so a couple used, things to keep in mind. So we put on purple tinted lenses just to make <laughs> but believe. Just to make believe. Well, same thing if you want to go on one of the tulips cruises where you see all those beautiful tulip fields in the Netherlands, you're going to want to time it out for the best time of the year. So pick the countries you want to go to, what you're most excited about. And I will say one of the coolest river cruises that you can do is what's called a Christmas markets cruise. As a matter of fact, we have clients sailing later this month on AMA for this very reason. And a Christmas markets is pretty much, if you don't know, because we didn't know for a while. And all these little towns in Europe, they have just these little markets that are 100% focused on Christmas items. And they have special drinks, they have special food, special cookies and cakes, special things that you can buy. Lots of decorations. Lots of decorations, but it's like their own little, I'm going to say like a, a little bazaar. Winter wonderland. It's like a little win- winter wonderland. <laughs> but you can go to all these little cities and visit all these different Christmas markets. Something that is really special. And you can only go certain times of the year. So if that's interest to you, Definitely keep that in mind when picking your river cruise. Here are a few interesting things to note. And this first one is something I had no idea. And this I would file under the you have to know before you go or you just wouldn't know. And that is you will tender up with other river cruise lines that will be there at the same time. So at night. So, for example, I remember one night we went to sleep and we had our little slider, you know, the curtains pulled open. And we woke up the next morning and there was a ship next to us, literally tied off. Yeah, literally tied off to us. There was like two or three. So to get to that ship, they had to walk through the lobby of ours. So of course we tried it. It was kind of cool. It was, <laughs> and, it was Viking and someone else was there. Yeah, Viking and Tauk. And that's what they Tauk, do though. Yeah, that's right. It's whoever's the first ship there go, goes ahead and they docks. And then as the other ships come up, because they don't have these huge long docks, it's like they need to go out. And so we had three ships all tied up together and they just line up that, that center area, which is pretty much just the lobby for everybody. If you've ever rafted up with other boats, like for a 4th of July party, and you're walking across other people's boats, that's what this was like. Another big difference is on a river cruise, they have set times for meals. And so unlike the Windstar cruise we went on, where they just pretty much had a window, you could go anytime between 7 and 9 for dinner. On the river cruise, it's dinner is at 7, and everybody shows up right at 7. Or maybe 10 till. Or 10 till, and so you're kind of waiting to get in. But because it's very specific times, it's not like you have access to food 24-7 necessarily, while some of the river cruises do have room service, and you can get some snacks and stuff, just know that when they say dinner is at seven, it is at seven. If breakfast is from seven to eight in the morning, it gets over and it's done. And the mimosas may be gone. Exactly. There are also specialty dining. We had a special dinner, which was, that was really fun. Really yeah, nice it was, special dinner. It was kind of like a chef's table, but yeah. it was like the open kitchen in a special area. 
And some of the cruise lines will offer this. We highly recommend if there's any specialty dining on your river cruise, take advantage of it. It's worth the additional cost. And I just remember that being something that was extra special. It was really good too. Really, I mean, the food in general was fantastic. This was just something fun and different to do. The lock system was crazy. If you're familiar with the lock system, it's not as similar to like the Panama Canal where you have different stages. In this case, it was just one on most of the locks. But the walls of the lock were less than, I'd say, 10 inches from the ship itself, which yeah. is kind of funny. So we opened our slider and we, you could just touch the wall. When trying to decide on what cabin you should get, for the most part, you're going to have the cabin that is a window only. And it is going to be a very small window because you're going to be below the waterline. And these are usually the best value, but we would recommend that you always try to do at least a balcony stateroom. The balcony staterooms on most river cruise ships are actually not a real balcony, but a French balcony. Just means you have a sliding door to open. Yeah. So you have a door that just slides open and you have open air coming into your room. Now, there are some of the newer ships where they actually have an actual balcony or they have kind of this little half balcony where half is. Yeah, there's some with this cruise line where they have half. You yeah, have a it's tiny like balcony a, and a French balcony. Yeah, and it all depends on what category. But if you do get the ones that are going to be the best value, just know that those windows are going to be really, really small and they're going to be located pretty high up in your room. So it's not like you're going to have good views there. One of my favorite things about that was we were having dinner one night and the water level was up to the window at the dining room, which was typical. It wasn't like it was sinking. That's where the water level was because the restaurant's on the the, uh, the first deck. And I don't remember exactly where we were. It was probably the second or third night, but I remember the swans swam right up to our window. We're kind of like looking in going, hey, what about me? And yeah. we're like, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Swan, we can't open the window. We'll flood. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And I would recommend when you do go to dinner, if it is light out, which it was most of the time for our dinners, definitely try to sit by the window because that was part of the fun was just seeing some of the scenery. You know, this show is making me want to put one of these on the books. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, I really want to get back to Europe. Well, river cruising in general is just a great way to see a lot of Europe. And They even have river cruises in some places like in the Far East. What I like about it, though, is you really do feel safe. Yes. You have your home base on the ship. You're going to go and see multiple countries in a lot of cases. You know, one of of the cruises that a lot of people don't think about when thinking of river cruising are some of the ones in Portugal. Portugal is a beautiful country. And and it's becoming a lot more popular. It is because that one just has some really beautiful countryside to visit and some great food and wine. You can also do these types of cruises in Asia, you know. But, you know, Russia and China, Africa, South America, pretty much wherever there's a river, it's it's a highway system a lot for the locals. And there, there are a lot of places around the world you can explore with this type of a vacation. Before you plan and book your next river cruise, just keep in mind and make sure that you learn about the ship that you're going on, how many passengers are on board, check and see how big the staterooms are. Because if you want to compare apples to apples between the different cruise lines, you may think one is a really, really great value but it may not include all of your shore excursions, or it may have a cabin that's really, really, really small, and you don't realize that some of the other cruise lines have maybe a little larger cabin or include a couple of little extras. So there's a lot of little small nuances when comparing the different river cruise companies, but you definitely have tons of options out there. And this is really more so, much more so than ocean cruises. This is where it really pays to use a travel agent. Yes. Especially someone who, you know, whether they specialize in river cruising or not, they've at least maybe been on one or they know the, the differences between the different lines. That would be a lot of help. 
Yeah. And what I like is that the age is now trending down for people who take river cruises. It used to be about 10 years ago. The average age, and this is no joke, was probably about 75. Maybe 73. Okay, maybe 73. But it was definitely an older demographic. But now, and part of this is because Disney's been doing river cruises, the average age is coming down. And you know, if you're a millennial, this is a great cruise to take with like a couple of friends, like grab a couple other couples and go, you'll have a great time. And we actually met three couples that were traveling together. Think about it this way, you know, five or 10 years ago, if Viking was the only one and they were on PBS, who was watching PBS? And also who would tend to use a travel agent for this type of trip more often would be someone who was a little bit older at that time. They'd be using a travel agent. Now, because everyone knows Viking and AMA and Avalon and all these other you know river cruise lines out there, you know, I know even in the US, you know, American Queen Steamboat and a couple other companies are advertising on TV. I see them all the time. So now that it's because back then, you know, five or 10 years ago, river cruising was not mainstream. It is now. The best time to book a river cruise is as soon as you know that you want to go. There are some really great specials right now. We have some with AMA where there's free economy airfare on select dates. I saw that. If you're listening to this in December and you book in December, they have free economy uh, airfare over to Europe. Yep. And that's a big saving. So there are always specials going on, but you can book currently. Usually it's almost two years in advance and the river cruises do fill up. So this is not the type of cruise where you want to kind of hold off. And then also once you get your river cruise locked in, you get your airfare locked in, you are all set for your vacation. Our recommendation is if you've never tried river cruising, but you've thought about it, definitely go for that. Make that like one of your your New Year's resolutions for 2020 to get a river cruise on the books. And if you have any questions or comments and just want to join the conversation, that place would be Facebook. We'll be posting some video we shot while we were over there. And also that's a good place to start conversations about any of the trips that you hear about on our shows. Go to Facebook, check out Travel Talk Weekly and join the conversation. So thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about river cruising. And if we can help you book your river cruise, please reach out to us. Tune in next time as we stay in Europe and talk about skiing the French Alps with Club Med. Spoiler alert, it's even great for members of the family that don't ski or if they haven't learned to ski yet. But before you go, remember this. It's a great, big, beautiful world. Get out there and see it. Until next time, never stop exploring. Stop exploring.